and his blood pressure dropped and he was feeling really bad and when we stopped and prayed and then after that I think every kid in the service started praising the Lord the whole service you know and so it was it was could be very distracting if you were the speaker and I told him I said you know I was sitting there thinking man I'm glad that's him and not me and immediately the Lord spoke to me and was like how do you think I felt with 5,000 people on the side of a hill many who needed prayer he taught and people came through roofs to need prayer and the Lord was letting me know as a leader there's lots of things going on during a service and that we just stop and if people need prayer just like Jesus we pray for them and if kids are being loud I think we can just get louder <laughs> till the parents you know calm it down but anyway that's just not my sermon that was just a tidbit the Lord spoke to me this morning so we're going to start off with everybody that is 13, 14, and under, come to the front. I'm going to sit on the floor. I'm going to ask you some questions. And I have a bag. Okay, so for a few minutes, y'all are going to get to enjoy a little bit of a Sunday school lesson, question and answer lesson. Okay, we're going to talk about six people in the Bible that everybody has probably heard of. If you don't know the answer, that's okay. You still get a prize in the end. Okay, so does anybody know who Isaac was in the Old Testament? Raise your hand. Anybody know who Isaac was? <laughs> Juliet knows who Isaac was in the Bible. Juliet. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Okay, she doesn't think so. A prophet? Isaac was the son of? Think the God of? Abraham. Right. So this is cold turkey, guys. We haven't taught a lesson. So give him a little leniency. I'm, I'm calling him cold turkey. So he was the son of Abraham. Do you remember, now that you know who he is, what was he famous for? Do you Remember? Remember? For having faith in the Lord. By crucifying his son. Well, not crucifying, but sacrificing his son. So his son. His son got up on the altar. That was Isaac. Isaac let his daddy totally like bind him and put him on the altar. Would you let your parents bind you up and look like they were going to kill? Not me. <laughs> I would have been running away. I was like, they are off their medication and running away calling for child services there is no way but Isaac was known for saying it's okay I'm gonna do this and trust the Lord so he was known for his faith what about Jacob and Esau anybody know heard about Jacob and Esau so you have Abraham Isaac and Jacob does anybody know what Jacob was famous for Um, his colorful coat? That was Joseph, but hold that. We're going to talk about him in just a minute. <laughs> Running away from his brother because he stole his soup and other things. That's right. He stole a bunch of stuff. Now, when he came back and he was going to see his brother the next day, he fought with, do you remember who he fought with? Who Jacob wrestled with somebody? An angel. An angel. Do you know why he wrestled with an angel? 
No. You know. The, the, the angel wanted a blessing. That's right. Jacob wanted a blessing. Good job, Juliet. All right, now this one's getting a little better. Anybody heard of Joseph? Joseph. Co colorful coat. That's right. And what else about Joseph? Do you remember something else Joseph did? He was like a favorite son. What happened after he was sent to Egypt? He became second in command. Eventually he became second in command during a great famine. Now Samson. Anybody know about Samson? All right, here we go. His wife cut his hair. That's right. His, his sort of wife did cut his hair. <laughs> and something else about Samson? He was very strong. He was very strong. And what else about Samson? Had long hair. He had long hair. And with his strongness, he pushed pillars. That's right. He did a whole lot of stuff. He's awesome. He was the first. Well, I'm not going to say that. He got his eyes plucked out. Yeah, that was, that's the bad parts version. All right, the prophet Samuel. Now, the prophet Samuel, there was something that he did. Does anybody know where he grew up? Where did he live as a child? Do you know where the prophet Samuel lived as a child? Anybody? Anybody? Look, Evelyn knows. The church. That's right. He grew up at the temple. He grew up at the church. Last but not least, John the Baptist. Has anybody heard of John the Baptist? Yeah? Have you heard of something he did? You know something he did? He baptized people? Yes, he did. You know what else he did? <laughs> he was born with the Holy Ghost. He prepared the way for Jesus. The Holy Ghost came on Jesus. He got his head on the platter. That's the bad parts version. I didn't think about that. He ate bugs. He ate bugs. Whew. All right, so let's give our kids a hand clap. And now listen, kids, I'm going to give you a treat, and you have to walk to your pew and give it to a parent unless you're over 12, 12 and up. You have to go give it to your mommy or your daddy because my husband reminded me these make noise. I don't always think about that. I just think about how fun it's going to be. <laughs> so everybody gets a prize. Evelyn. You can all blow these at each other afterwards. After all the altar and everything is over, on your way home in the van. <laughs> can blow these at one another, at your parents, <laughs> not in their ear. Whoops. All right. Nope, just one. Okay. And here you go. All righty. Oh, don't scoot back. I don't know, but everybody likes candy. And Jonathan. There we go. So, what does this little toy make you think other than positive thoughts? Positive thoughts. Anybody have positive thoughts about these? Celebrations? Parties? What have we been celebrating this month? Memorial Day. 
But yes, Memorial Day. Everybody's going to all of these graduations. Have you ever been to graduation? Somebody has an air horn? How do you feel about that person? Yeah, that's how the people around here are going to fill out you kids if you use this before church is over. All right, that's my not serious part. And I lost my note. There is a point to this. All of these people, and I didn't start my timer. Guess I get to go longer. <laughs> Seven minutes. He's always watching out for me. Look at that. What a good man. All of these people that we mentioned, even if the kids got them mixed up because we hadn't talked about a lesson or they, they weren't quite sure which was which, they had heard the name. You know, if you said, you know, where's John the Baptist? In the Bible. They're all famous names. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Chin out for me. <laughs> all these people have, are famous names, they're famous people, and every one of them have something in common other than being used by God. Does anybody know what that is? All six of these, these men that I mentioned have something in common. Yes. It is a scientific answer as well, but not that one. Yes. Every one of them, their mother was barren. And somehow, we all know their name today. What does the word barren mean? It means unproductive, infertile, unfruitful, sterile, arid, desert, waste, and desolate. Tonight, I want to talk to you for a little bit about the dreams and barrenness and how they work together. Langston Hughes wrote a poem called Dreams. It says, hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, for when dreams go, life is a barren field frozen with snow. But what we all know is that when something's barren, we can lose our dreams. This man's saying, when you lose your dreams, life is barren. And that's true. But sometimes barrenness has to do with a loss of dreams. Every person has dreams at some point. Those dreams can be impacted by their personality, culture, education, and positive and negative influences. Some of our dreams are painfully crushed. Some of them are forgotten. Some, unfortunately, experience a slow, painful death. And others grow, flourish, and become the pride and joy in a person's life. Dreams have to do with birthing something. A dream is bringing something forth. I want to look at some biblical characters tonight that had dreams. Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was given a dream to be the father of many nations, but this is what scripture says. But Sarai, his wife, was unable to become pregnant and had no children. How could he have a dream to be the father of many nations with no children? Isaac and Rebekah, Abraham's son. Isaac was given the dream of his father. It was passed down to him. But the Bible says that Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. Jacob and Rachel. Jacob is Isaac's son. Jacob understood the dream of his father and he desired it. He was the second son. He wasn't supposed to get the dream, but he wanted it really, 
bad. The scripture says, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. There was a man in the Bible called Manoah, doesn't give his wife's name, but him and his wife, they had a dream for freedom from the Philistines. And in those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. Next, we read about Elkanah and Hannah. Hannah dreamed of a son to give back to the Lord. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina, and Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Zechariah and Elizabeth in the New Testament dreamed of children. Scripture says Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they both were very old. Most of these couples were blessed. Kind of comparable to how we are in this country. We live in a first world country, and we have clothes, houses, food, cars. Some of us may have more than others, and there might even be our culture is getting more extreme in the, in the differences of where people live in society. But compared to much of the world, we are all super wealthy. All of these couples were blessed by God. They all had things. None of these people, does the scripture mention that they were paupers or they were barely making it? Seemed like a lot of them had a pretty good thing going. They had the blessings of the Lord and they had a pretty good life. But they didn't have what they dreamed of. They didn't have their dream. In these passages today, none of these couples could have a child, but they all dreamed of it for different reasons. Leaving their dream barren and left to die because they could not have a child. As leaders here tonight, we all have dreams. Does anybody here have a dream? Lots of dreams. We all have had dreams that we continue to dream. We have dreams God has given us. Dreams we've been willing to work towards, sacrifice to attain. We've been willing to endure persecution even, mocking, ridicule, to see the dreams that God's given us come to pass. We've dealt with people not understanding why we do what we do, why we live the way we live, why we make the decisions that we make. That's not going to send you to hell. Why do you keep doing that? People might say, like, yes, but I have a dream that God's given me, and I need to do this to accomplish that dream. And this dream is more important than what you think about me. As God called leaders, we are not only working toward a goal. We're not only striving to attain money, power, and fame. Our dreams aren't born out of the desire for luxury retirement by age 55. Years of world travel cocktails, and the financial ability to manipulate governments at our will. <laughs> now, honestly, I have some things of the flesh, if I could come up with all that, that I have to pray about. But we all have things that our dreams are worth more than, and our dreams of God don't take us to this end of our life. No, these dreams involve a kingdom we cannot see. They involve healing for the hurting and the abandoned. These dreams they are a continual multiplying of the gifts we've been given so we can turn around and give the increase back to our king. Just like that scripture where the king gave the talents to the men in the Bible, and there were those that multiplied their talents. And why? Did they keep that for themselves? No, it was to give back to the king. 
These dreams God gives us are born in our hearts as the Holy Spirit speaks to us and inspires us to labor in the fields that are white unto harvest. You and I, we desire to bring forth, to birth this dream that God has put in our hearts. But there comes a time for every leader, every one of us, to walk through the barren place of our dreams. The realization that we cannot accomplish what God has called us to do. That's a hard place to be. To realize that we cannot accomplish our dream, the thing that God has called us to do. And the day when we see the road to our dream is not leading where we thought it would. Why is this? Why would God give you and I a dream and then leave us barren? Sure, other good things have happened in our lives. Lots of materialistic things, lots of blessings, good health. But it's hard to focus on that when our dream seems dead. The excitement and the hope that we once had while we worked so hard to see the dream come alive, the energy we poured into it, the planning, the thought, has now turned into exhaustion. And there's a place inside of us of deep sadness. We realize that we can envision, prepare for, work towards, and we can pour into a dream, but we do not have the ability to give it life. Then we hurt, we grieve, we question. Yes, we remain faithful. We, dr- we drive those around us crazy sometimes in our grief. We pray, we travail, we beg, we age. And we wonder if in time we will understand. What is God doing? Why would he give me a dream and then leave me barren? Sometimes we even give up on the dream and try to replace it with something just a little more realistic. These couples we read about, they experience similar feelings. Despair, discouragement. They had a dream, but no life. They were marked by barrenness. Even in scripture it says, they did this and this and this, but she was barren. You could do all these things, but you're barren. You may be powerful, you may be popular. Oh, look at this, they've done all these things, but they're barren. Remember that dream they talked about? Remember all the desires they had? Wonder what happened to them. These people lived in the barren place of their dreams. But then... Let's go back to Abraham and Sarah. A very, very long time after Abraham received his dream. This is what the scripture said. Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarah, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai, for now her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. And Isaac was born. Sarah only needed one child. She had one dream. And other people may be like, that's not a very big dream. 
But Isaac was born, and a whole nation was produced out of that dream. Isaac and Rebekah in Genesis 25 says, The Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins, Jacob and Esau, which we know the second son, Jacob, is the one who ended up becoming in the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Esau, he was, no, he was not a little nobody over here. He ended up starting an entire nation as well. Jacob and Rachel. Then God delivered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and Joseph was born. Joseph saved a whole nation during a time of famine in a lot of the nations around. We like to hear his story, but for his, for his mother who was gone and his father that was alive, he was a dream that went way beyond what they could have imagined. Manoah and his wife, the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. And Samson was born. I'm reading both of the couples because when one person in a couple has a dream, it's not usually just that person. Someone can ignite it. But both of you walk the path together. They they're suffer together and you rejoice together. And yes, the woman might have been the one that was said to be barren, but it was something that the both of the both two in the couple they both carried. Next, I'm going to read a lengthier passage about Elkanah and Hannah. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Here I want to point out, don't let the taunts of others make you desert your dream. Listen to someone else make fun of you, whisper about you, talk about something that's happened in your life. Don't let that make you desert your dreams. Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Oh, God. I am so sorry. That gets me every time. Nothing can replace the dreams God's given you, even Mr. Wonderful. So it's you ladies that aren't married yet. You better marry Mr. Wonderful because he has the same dreams for God's kingdom as you. Because he can't replace God's dreams in your life. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. 
Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sounds, he thought she had been drinking. Many times people grieve in silence. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. And in a little bit of time, Samuel was born. Next, we see Zechariah and Elizabeth. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, was given, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And John the Baptist was born. Isaac went back. I'm going to go back to Isaac really quick. Isaac was a dream, a dream for a son, a dream to be the father of many nations, but he's known because he was willing to lay himself on the altar. Jacob and Esau were born because of a dream, that same dream to have children and produce a nation. But Jacob is known because he fought for a name. He became the father of a nation, but he fought for his dream. He fought for a name. Joseph saved an entire nation, a whole country, because he was willing to obey God. He was willing to stay faithful and committed. His parents, his mom didn't know what he was going to do. She just had a dream. She didn't know where that dream was going to go, but she had a dream. Samson was a, deli a deliverer of Israel. The prophet Samuel was a powerful and prophet judge, the last of his kind. And John the Baptist, the one who was born to the old people, prepared the way for the Messiah. These passages reveal that every leader must walk through the barren place in the land of dreams. Every dream must be grasped, hoped for, worked for, sacrificed for, and then be given back to God lifeless. Because every leader must grow and understand that the dream we're giving our lives for belongs to God. And only God is the giver of life. If others can dissuade you from your dream and cause you to try and give life to a dream yourself, if you follow that path, then you're nothing more, your dream is nothing more than a man-made construction built on pride, control, and the lust of the flesh. And that sounds pretty harsh. But if we remember that only God gives life, he gives us a dream, we work, we strive to attain it, and then we have to hand it back to him. 
and only he can give it life. And when he gives something life, he doesn't give us the control or the power to say how we want it to turn out. It's his. You're like, but I worked for that. I've given my life to God. I deserve something. You deserve the dream and whatever he does with it. What if, what if Sarah hadn't let Isaac go to the mountain with his dad? Where would her dream have ended up? What if she had tried to control her dream? Every one of us will go through times of barrenness. And we'll go through times of, I don't want to be here. Pastor Stephen has heard some things like that out of my mouth the past couple years. We all have dreams. We have plans. We have plans for our kids, for our future. And God says, can you give that to me? Because it's dead the way you're making it. But I want to breathe life into this. I want to take you somewhere. Yeah, but God, look at all my friends. Look at what they're doing. Or look at these people talking about me. They knew my plans and look what happened. And God says, what matters more? Whose voice matters? Will you give me your dreams? So I can give them life. Are you willing to put everything you have worked for back into the hands of the giver of dreams? Because he will bring life and breathe life into it. And it'll be the dream he dreamed for his kingdom beyond what you and I could ever imagine. If we give our dream to the Lord and he breathes life into it, it doesn't die with us. When we're dead and we're gone, our dream doesn't go with us. If we make millions and create a kingdom for ourselves when we die, it goes to someone else. Everybody's worried about their legacy. Why don't we worry about a dream? Too many of us are focused on what kind of legacy am I going to leave? What's my legacy? What are people going to think when I'm gone? They're not even going to remember you 20 years later. You're going to be a monument that somebody has an issue with and gets torn down. <laughs> For whatever reason, in whatever part of the world, there's going to be a coup, and they're not even going to take you out of the history books. Because we want to leave a legacy. I know there's some Christian songs out there about leaving a legacy, and there's all these thoughts about, I want to leave a legacy. No, we want to live a dream that has the breath of God breathing life into it. We want to live this dream that doesn't focus on us. It doesn't build us up. It doesn't give us fame and fortune. And it sure doesn't please our pride. But if we can buy into God's dream and let him breathe life into it and let him take us where we want. It won't matter when we die. It won't matter where we're buried because we've already become a part of his kingdom and his future and his plan. And if my dream doesn't match up with his dream and it doesn't have his life in it, then it is all vanity 
and it will all fade away. And it is all powered by my own pride and the lust of the flesh. So tonight I ask you, what are your dreams? Are there things you've laid down while in the land of barren dreams? Are there hurts you have because it just hasn't ended up the way you thought it would? Are there places you still dream of going, but you have no clue how to get there? Maybe everything in your life feels empty and barren and void. And I, you hear voices saying, God never called you anyway. But God says, just give me that dream. All you've put into it, just give it to me and let me breathe life into it. And you will be barren no more. You may not look like what everybody thought you were going to look like. You may not end up where you thought you were going to be, but God will bring life into your dream and it will flow into his kingdom and it will pour out into this world and affect people long after you're gone. And you may not have a statue and you may not have your name in the history books, but your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And when you stand before your master, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You caught the dream and you let me take it and breathe life into it. If we could all stand together. I want us to just take a moment where we are and pray.